joined by Gareth Barker, as always, Michael Graham from Roker Ports also with us, David Farley is from the Everton End. We aren't jinxes after all. When me and Gareth get together and have a few pints on a Saturday and normally to watch the results come in, we were starting to get a bit paranoid thinking that we'd jinxed Sun and season totally because we hadn't won a game since we started this, Gareth, no, had we? We hadn't. It's enough to get anybody <laughs> paranoid, isn't it? But, you know, if you're ever going to come back and win a game emphatically and put that put that theory to bed once and for all, I suppose it'll be this one. Um, yeah. Looking at the game, we're going to go straight into it. Um, it had been labelled, you know, I suppose it's been labelled a bonus three points. That's what a lot of people are saying. Um, almost, you know, certainly unexpected by a lot of people. But in hindsight, looking at the league table, you know, you need to pick these sort sorts of wins up, the yeah. ones you're not expecting. So, you know, can we say now this was it was probably a must must win game? It's easier to say it after the event, I guess. But uh, I think, like, I think we touched on it last week. It's how important the game was, the derby was, just from a perspective that it was such an important game to get the points on the board and. You know, definitely, it feels pretty good to get the three points on the board now. You're sort of looking up at the teams just in touch in the table, and you think we could probably get there. Um, just, you know, the performance was so so impressive. Um, but yeah, amazing three points really, and it was. I think it was a must. Michael, yeah, I, I think that we needed to get something like earlier than we have this. You know, a huge run coming up when we've got like Stoke and all of them lot. We needed something first to take into them, so I think that from that point of view, it was a huge, a uh, uh, three points. We're not going to go into referee decisions and and things like that. Although I bet the Newcastle fans are sitting doing that at the moment. <laughs> Just um, the one, the one that they yeah, had. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say because he he missed a lot for both sides and sending off. He missed a lot for two us. penalties exactly. <laughs> so we're not going to go into the the referee stuff. We're not going to go into um, some bloke punching a horse either. Um, <laughs> But you did what? <laughs> I know it's been uh, I know it's been highlighted just a little bit this week. But we always felt, Gareth, like we were in control of that game. Maybe ten minutes each half, we we weren't. But we didn't. Said that said, we didn't look under you know a no. huge amount of threat. And even the Chelsea performance, you know, when when we lost that game, it, it's just clear that the dynamics of the side are so different. That this is there's been just a massive almighty shift, hasn't there? Yeah. Um... You know, talked last week again. First twenty minutes, the last twenty minutes are really important when you play Newcastle. I think just because, like you say, they do have the the moments in the game where the, uh, you know, the, the first twenty minutes especially they do tend to start quite well, um, but they just didn't have that cutting edge, and, and we did for a change. And there was no, there's been a few comments about Adam Johnson, for example, saying, you know, where's he been all season? Well, you know, he's been he was given the opportunity to to work in space and. And, and, and punish teams with his, with quality same as Sessegnon in the first half um, great run by Graham off the ball for the first goal and the second goal as well a great I think it was in Dai who took him across the Teotta across the box I think it might have been and he just didn't know Teotta didn't know what to do did he he kind of you know couldn't get to him and you know yeah it was we, we, we had the quality in the end and we were five but you know what a few Newcastle fans have heard oh we weren't that bad in the game well you know, like you were. They weren't great. <laughs> they weren't so great, they weren't great at all. I mean, if you, if your two central defenders play as badly as the Young and Boo and Taylor do in any game of football, you're going to lose. <laughs> Michael, if you can you ever remember playing 
Newcastle and I mean I'm not going to say we were sitting comfortably with our cigars out all game you, you can't <laughs> that's impossible in Derby of course um, Newcastle fans often say in the game they beat us 5-1 that they were still nervous at 4-0 up <laughs> but can you ever remember a game where you know we just I was never really worried no it was the first time that I've really uh, seen us versus them where I've not been stressed mm-hmm. I just haven't felt stressed at all it, we just always looked like it it was, uh, you know, we always looked uh, really like it would be our day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was just, you know, from the first minute all the way to the end, it, it was just our game, yeah. and, and they never got near us. And that's what we've wanted. That's all we've asked. That's all we've asked for. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Over these years, you know, we, we, yeah. we aren't asking to, you know, go and tonk them three 0 and five <clears> one <throat> and reverse that kind of thing. We, we, we just want to be able to beat them. Like we can beat any other team on our day, and I think that's finally happened. But can you come off the pitch with your head held high at the end of the game and be proud with mm-hmm. your performance, mm-hmm. even if you even if you get a draw, you know, in, in in a game like that? And I think, you know, they've got the win, and they can certainly say they, they came off off the pitch knowing that, you know, Decanio himself will left everything mm-hmm. on the pitch, and they really mm-hmm. did. Um, a few, including a few Geordie tears. <laughs> we, something I know that the three of us in the studio have all campaigned against vigorously is the is the four four two formation. Um, I think we've all sort of written pieces on that, to be honest. But the has hinted that he's going to go down that route eventually. But you know, logically, he's saying he doesn't want to impose that on the players straight away. He's he's gone for the four four one one, which, let's be honest, was the most fruitful formations for Martin O'Neill when he was here. But how come, Michael, uh, our central midfielders suddenly start looking imposing in games? Because they've, that's been our weakness all season. And in our last two games, you know, that's changed. Two, two men in central midfield look enough all, all of a sudden. Yeah, well, I think that the real thing that it, that, that, uh, that it has actually changed is that it's not actually two. It's not even three. It's actually four. The whole four are just stood there really, really near each other. You know, and the, and the, the just kind of like work as a line narrower. Yeah, rather than just yeah. as a two, it's now as a full line. Mm-hmm. Gareth, yeah, well, I'd agree with that. I think it's, it's pressing. They, they, that that gives you the chance to press at yeah. the right time as well. So, and then when you've pressed it, you've got players around to pick up the second ball, and that's yeah. always. I think that's always been a massive problem for Sunderland. The second ball, and hmm. um, the amount of goals we concede from second balls in, on the edge of the box. Uh, from corners, and we saw when we were, break, we were breaking them down at the weekend, and then and breaking from that Sessignon was just unbelievable. I mean, you know what I've said about Sessignon in the hole? Like, I didn't think he could play there. Mm. Maybe it was the way Martin O'Neill was playing him in the hole because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's much closer. Well, he's, he's he's closer to everybody, he's just everywhere. Well, that, that's my point you know? about the 4 4 2 because yeah. I was support, you know, we've all said the 4 4 is dead and all this and all that, but some of the top teams do play it, and I suppose it's the way they play it. You know, Manchester United is a prime example. We obviously don't have players of that calibre, but you know, you're prepared almost just off what Decanio has been saying, Michael, to just believe in him and let you. You know, it was a problem under Martin O'Neill because of the way he played. Mm. When Decanio is saying he's going to do, you're almost kind of tempted to say, "Well, go for it." Well, I think that the big thing. I mean, I know that we are going to speak about this sort of like line later on, but with O'Neill, we used to have a set line actually at the back and say this is where we're going to be mm. and then the further forward we actually got the more stretched we actually got and the the space on the, on the pitch used to just get really really open and there wasn't and we ended up in, in like nowhere and just like everyone was 
actually all over the, the yeah. place. Whereas now, they move forward as a team, mm-hmm. they move sideways as a team, then, you know, and, 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 and like that way, someone's always, always has someone uh, uh, really near them. Yeah. yeah, not quite like Howard Wilkinson's flock of birds, but sort of <laughs> moving a similar same way. But I mean, if you could speak of Paolo yourself, um, remembering our midfielders have struggled to control games, would you want to know how against distinguished midfielders like Tiotti and Kabai they managed to look in control? Or would you want to know how, if this was down to shape or working hard in training or belief? Would you want to know that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well... Luckily for you, I was working for Sun FM today, so I asked him, and we'll have a listen to how he answered that question. One problem area for Sunderland this season has been then the central midfielders haven't been able to control a lot of games. Yet on Sunday against distinguished midfielders like Tiotti and Kabai, they really looked like they were going to control the game. Is that something just down to shape or working hard in training or belief? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the heart of the game is in the middle there. If you uh, don't give pressure to the opponents, if you let them play at this level, they're going to smash you. But uh, they couldn't play in the way they wanted you know, against us because there was a very right tension. Uh, we play very compact, you know, squeeze in the middle because uh, everybody now in a modern football want to try to go direct in, in, through the middle because uh, that can damage the opponents. But if uh, we can have a chance to be uh, good unit and uh, with a good discipline, but also aggressive because uh, we we saw in some moment during the game that uh, we put uh, a very good uh, ferocious, ferocity. You know, we were ferocious. <laughs> that can make a problem to the opponent and give you advantage. Play vertical. I don't like midfield play that touch hundred balls and don't create nothing. You know, touch the ball in the back. I never gonna make mistake. In the statistic, hundred passes, hundred uh, good passes, but. To my goalkeeper, no, I prefer to see my midfield player that's uh, 10 passes forward and then we are going to score. So this is my mentality. That probably rules out Leon Britt never signing yeah, for Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the rumours about bringing back Paul Thurwell and the <laughs> But that I've always said that about stats, stats to be honest. You know, Leon Britton, you know, is, is one particularly that really irritates me and people with his stats. Stats work in football sometimes, you know. Stephen Fletch having seven chances, scoring seven goals is a stat that is, you know, yeah. relevant. But what are you saying there, Michael? I mean, he's saying what you were saying, more or less, you know, compact, um, yeah. going, going narrow through the middle. And it's just amazing now something, w- w- Gareth, w- working with the players on the training ground, how much difference it can make. But it's the turnaround that he's yeah. done it in. You know, it, Martin O'Neill was saying less than two weeks ago. I know. It, it isn't, I mean, <laughs> I know we, we both, I know that we're both fans of Indy, um, but a lot of people, he's sort of a bit of an opinion splitter. Larson's a funny one because he was excellent in the middle, yeah, wasn't he? Yes. And like he's been one who's been like, oh, he hasn't even know, he hasn't even split opinion. Surely, I don't think you know nobody yeah, was for that. Was yeah, it? I was initially, but it, it mm. didn't work. But it's it seemed he, like we're saying he had a purpose in the game and it worked. I mean, and Die was quietly excellent. I thought mm. in the game he just bossed it. I mean, people talk about Sissoko and Kabai and what oh they're going to do this Tiotti. Oh dear me, Tiotti. He was absolutely <laughs> terrible. He was forced back as well. I know he plays deep anyway, but he was forced yeah. really deep, Michael, wasn't I mean, he, Tiotti? But he's been awful for months now, hasn't he? He's been absolutely yeah. dreadful for you know for, for so so long now. But I mean, I, I don't know if um, if this is something that really you've seen as well. But it doesn't look like he is using uh, someone else's team. This no. looks like his team yeah, right that's now. That's what I'm saying about the yeah. turnaround in two weeks. It years. really does yeah. just look like you know he's like like he built a, 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 this like team mm-hmm. for him for his style, and it's it, it it. I mean, 
when you actually bear in mind the a sort of like time frame involved, it's absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Of course, yeah. yeah. And um, I suppose that it's down to you know. Apparently, I was, I was speaking to somebody at the academy today, and they're saying he doesn't leave there till eleven o'clock, ten o'clock, some nights. Um, so it just shows what these. Well, they're called double shifts, but, you know, professional football is still finishing before tea time. I'm not sure how that can go down as a double shift, by but the way. He's saying, Dave, <laughs> but, um, he's saying they haven't even started yet, though, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's saying mm. next season it's gonna, he's going to work mm. them even harder. So, Adam Johnson's thinking about his transfer request. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny, because John, Johnson seems to be so taking it on board, he, he? he? seems does, to be yes. loving it. You can see it in his... Pl- I always say... You know, your professional footballers, you watch it sometimes, they just look like they hate it. Like, <laughs> they're playing and they just enjoy the ball. Like, when you get it, like, do you know, you've got good players, Sessignon mm. and Johnson, mm-hmm. get it and enjoy it. And, like, they are. Like, the, the last two games, they certainly look like they have. Mm-hmm. Danny Graham's superb. He didn't score yeah. again, but, you know, there can't truly be any more doubters. As stupid as it was that people were doubting him for his route because you can't you can't judge everybody on a moron like Michael Chopra. No. Um, but he, Michael, he, he was great, and he, he was back to that being that focal point. He, he looked like at Swansea, mm-hmm. and if we were setting up, we, we've just touched on the fact there that Johnson's seeing a lot more of the ball higher up the field, mm. which was a problem that he said that we all noticed. Danny Graham also looks more at home, so especially in home games where we're going to have, where we're going to dictate play even more, mm. you, you would imagine we're going to start seeing uh, the best of Danny Graham soon. You would hope so. I think that he as well, he needs to get a much more fit. I think. I think everyone knows that. He looks like he's 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 not mm-hmm. really there yet. But you're right. He, he's, he is starting to really really look like the kind of guy that we thought that we actually signed. Um, holds it up well. He moves well. Um, and I think, from what we've seen, uh, if he does get, you know, a good ball into the like, in there, he is going to score mm. because he just, he just, he, he just, he rarely seems rushed. This is the one thing about him that we've always seen ever since he actually signed. Even when he was being really, really bad, he's never looked rushed. Mm. Yeah, he does have time. He's mm. time on the ball, doesn't he? When he gets it, always. Mm-hmm. And, and he's probably he's probably um, happy deep down. Stephen Fletcher got injured as well because he's. You I know, would it, say it, he won't be I th- happy. I think, well, yes, I know. That. You know what I mean. But yeah. well, a point that when Dom Rayner came on Gareth um, prior to the Manchester United game, yeah. he used a, a, a good phrase I thought, and he said that Martin O'Neill was trying to shoehorn both players into this four-four-two mm. system. So what I mean by that, I suppose, is that you know. Canio doesn't have that problem, does he? With, with Fletcher not being there, and then we can worry about, we can, you know, not worry about, we can look forward to trying to fit them all in next season now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely, but it would be, it would, I bet you Decanio would definitely want those two players at his disposal, and it'd be interesting to see if he, if he, he would played, have used if he played them, them both or not. He might yeah. well have, he might mm. well have, and but you know, going back to Graham, I think, uh, you know, I think there's been some harsh opinions about him. And, you know, I thought he did all right against Man U, actually up front on his own there, but said it before. Apart from that skewed chance against Norwich, which just fell to him, when's he had a ball in? Like, mm. ever? Like, he's never had a certainly pass. Not, certainly not a feat where yeah, he can turn... Yeah, where, and yeah. like, like on Saturday, yeah, when he, uh-huh. he, cre- yeah, he, he created an opportunity there and mm-hmm. got, got and he, he also got he, had a, he got a shot away, didn't he? He got clattered yeah. um, by Yang and Beaver, but... Well, uh, to when, mean, Taylor, bossed, when Taylor I mean, fell him abs- as well. He absolutely... Bossed him like it was. I would, you know, the, I say Taylor and Young and Beam just hang their heads in shame for me because there's a performance in a derby game. He, he got, they got, bull, he got, they got bullied by by Graham. He just, he turned them and 
you know, he dragged them all over the place. They just mm. didn't, they couldn't, those two players couldn't handle him on that day. If anybody wants to know why Steven Taylor is in international class, they just need to watch that game back, yeah. I think. And right, talking yeah. about defenders, Michael, mm. O'Shea and Quayla were good. Um, even Mangan, when, when, we, when he came on, um, playing with a high line, there, there was, a, you know, towards the end of the first half and a time in the second half when they started to drop deep, but I don't think it was on purpose mm. it was just be you know the, I suppose that was one thing that De Canio hasn't managed to instill 100% yet because it was O'Neill you know this, the O'Neill era was starting to shine through again but they, they did manage to deal with it mm. played a high line one one thing that people have always said is that just wasn't possible with O'Shea's pace with mm. Quayla's pace yet they seem to be doing it yeah I think that you can play as like high as you want if you don't let anyone have any time on the ball which we don't anymore. Mm. Um, with O'Neill, it was a case of he wanted to actually sit off, everybody to actually sit off, actually in shape, and make them actually uh, come through us. Um, whereas that's actually gone now. You can't do that and have and sit really, really deep. Uh, sorry, and and get really, really like um, a, a sort of like high up. It's got to be one, or really, or the other. Uh, whereas now we're saying, well, we're going to be where we want to be because we're not going to let you have like any of the ball in like front. So I think that, you know uh, this way, I, th- I think works much better f- for me and my uh, mm. uh, sort of like heart rate. Mm-hmm. Gareth, yeah, I think you've seen about O'Neill's right there, and I think it was almost a time some of the players looked as though they were given a square footage area on the pitch to work within, and they weren't yeah. to move outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas now it seems as though we're going into areas of the pitch with roles within that area of the pitch so players are known it's talk, they're talking about shape you yeah. know they know when they know where to be when the ball's in a certain area and the, the, they're available and that's what we were talking about with uh, Vaughan um, you know it was funny did we say last week that we kind of joked about Vaughan making you know it's like a weeks. performance chameleon yeah but said, we yeah. said about it might be Vaughan who makes that run into the box and gets us a yeah, vital yeah, goal yeah yeah <laughs> And he he did, and he said it himself. I I just was giving support for Sessegnon, and he mm-hmm. felt him, and he put it in the net. But mm-hmm. but he's talking about you know the the that we did get deep um, at, at times in the game, but you are going to get forced back deep at times in the mm-hmm. game. Um, we did get managed to get out of it though, yeah. and we weren't stuck there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. Even when we were forced deep, you you just never really thought this was too much of a problem, didn't you? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like to the extent of. At West Ham, for example, where we where where we were pushed deep for what was it, eighty nine minutes or something, until mm-hmm. Kevin Nolan finally yeah. equalised. It's just it's encouraging, but of course it's it's important to remember that Martin O'Neill won seven of his first ten games and changed the dynamic somewhat. Then, but mm. we're just going to enjoy it as it's happening now. Now we are going to move on to the Everton game. Um, if mental blocks can truly affect players in terms of having some sort of hold over us, then Everton would certainly be a team you would put into that bracket. But Newcastle would have been as well. You know, two sides, and I'm not talking about with the greatest respect, lads, top four sides. Um, although Everton are there, always there, thereabouts, you know what I mean? Um, that ha- sort of have unnatural holds on us. Yeah. Um, Newcastle, that was that was dealt with, and then some on Sunday. Let's be honest. So, if there was ever a good time to get that Everton hoodoo off our back, Michael, it would be now, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. But I mean, I, I, these things, I don't think that they really matter to. I mean, they they really matter to us fans. Mm-hmm. But the lads, like, I, I don't see why it should matter to them mm-hmm. one bit. Really, well, it shouldn't. But something seems um, to happen. <laughs> it's just. Um, 
Yeah, I think that if we can win, though, I think that it'll 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 make us all kind of like feel like we could be on a real start of, of like something mm -hmm. really great. Um, and I think it'll largely keep us safe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it'd be a, a great time to win. Well, we have David Feely from FootyScene.com on the phone now. David, are you aware of this stuff as much as what we are? Like, when a team is somebody else's bogey team, you know, are yeah. you aware of that fact? That we, that all Sunderland fans look at Everton and say, "Oh no, Everton's old bogey team. We can't beat them." Are you aware of this? We are. We are absolutely aware of it. On two scores, to be honest. First of all. We've got our own bogey side, and our neighbours' bit is even worse than your neighbours. <laughs> David Moyes has got 10 years under his belt at Everton, still never won there. Yeah. We, we've had about three doors there, out of, out of 10 plus a cup game. So, yeah, and as for Sunderland, it's become a sound of a joke with Evertonians. Not like, I not, don't mean that in a funny ha ha, like, yeah. it's more ironic. Yeah. To say, Jesus, where's someone's bogey team? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, what I have seen, like, I'm, I'm 49 years old this year. And I've been going a match for 46 of them, nearly 46 of them. I've been a, either a season ticket or getting taken by my grandfather, my grandmother, yeah. or my father for that long, and I'm still going myself. My son actually lives in Sunderland now. How, how, how weird is that? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so we, we've been going all this time. Mm -hmm. And basically, um, I've never I've seen Everton score seven, six, five, and loads of fours against Sunderland yeah. in my time of actually going the match myself, do you know what I mean? Chelsea had that sort of record against us one year, and we went we went there and turned them over 3-0, so you never know. Oh, well, <laughs> it, to be honest, right, it, that's what I was just about to say to you, but that was, that's was that been under our Kendall, Walter Smith, David mm -hmm. Moyes. Yeah. It, 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 it's not actually, what you might just said there, it's not actually applicable to this side, to be honest. Yeah. My most satisfying victory against you came in, in the Cup game last year, because that gave us belief. We went on We went on from that point. Apart from not turning up against Liverpool at Wembley, our whole season turned around. Mm -hmm. our, was our, our whole season turned around as well. But in, <laughs> exactly, but in, yeah, it yeah, absolutely, yeah. that probably defined Martin O'Neill's yeah. career at Sunderland, to be did. fair, because he, you know, he, he was doing great that before right. that, wasn't he? Yeah, and then um, that all just crashed down that night. I remember it so, so vividly that uh -huh. game. I'm but is, is this particular team, David, is... The fact that we're a bit of an unknown quantity in regards to how we play, I mean, none of us here can actually really second-guess what Paolo Di Canio uh -huh. is going to do, never mind, you know, the opposition scouts, opposition fans. So uh -huh. does that worry you in a way, or do, do Everton just set up the same anyway and, you know, they, they wouldn't necessarily worry about that? Uh, well, I don't know about not worrying about it. I'd say everyone's being impressed with Di Canio. Even, even getting beat at Chelsea... If, if, I'm talking about if you're a football fan in this country you've taken notice of Sunderland since the yeah. canyons come through the door or you're dead or, or brain dead or something obviously <laughs> everybody has however we do do like we've just gone to Tottenham last week we were unlucky they scored with a minute or two minutes to go and we should have won the game Arsenal the other night Ross Barkley put one round the corner uh, round the post what missed by two inches we mm -hmm. should have won there as well in my opinion yeah. so basically we take it to whoever it is however I think the biggest important factor for Everton on, as, as regards the Sunderland game is if Wickham isn't playing because that's, that's what the Canio did to me at Chelsea he turned his all round you know that's the signal nearly signed for Everton before he came to Sunderland Who did Everton Wickham? had a deal done with him by the way and Cut. didn't have the money to pay for it Cut a Wickham? Yes no 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 I'm uh. talking about the signal. now I noticed that's... when he played against Chelsea he played Wickham up front at the batting ram and to signal running in behind him that kid used to do that at PSG mm -hmm. and he looked a player when mm -hmm. he did that 
as opposed to being in a, a static four four two and having mm-hmm. to do glass there and some some players don't respond to that well. You know, no. We've had loads of them ourselves, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. He's certainly a bit of an enigma, like in, in that way, assessing on. But it, we're hoping to kind of was going to get the best out of him. But talking about, you know, do you think there's a, a weakness in Everton's side that someone could uh, exploit, David? Uh, I mean, you, you've got to consider that. Despite someone playing well, Everton, uh, you know, are a much better side. Yeah. But you know, every side has the breaking point. Yeah, they do. I eh? I know what ours is. Ours is the fact that Morales can't defend. And Seamus Co- our left side is basically the engine room of our side. Pienaar mm-hmm. and Baines is, is, yeah. is, 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 the, is the platform on what we built our success. The other side is Seamus Coleman and Morales. Now, to us, Seamus Coleman is the most improved player in the Premier League, mm-hmm. closely followed by Victor Anantjevi, by the way, but specifically Seamus Coleman. However, the problem is we would have a mustard both sides if Morales could be Pienaar and learn that going forward it's, it's just as important that what comes back at you mm-hmm. and Coleman ends up facing two against one mm-hmm. more often than not and that's the way to get into heaven yeah but always, I mean Michael when I was sort of you know look, looking at this question earlier and I was thinking you know I'm not going to claim to know everything about Everton as a no. football team um, but Michael I was I, I was thinking you know an obvious thing that to think is, you know, Everton's going to be strong down the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a natural thing to think. But I suppose it would be lazy in a way to su- suggest, well, let's go down the right-hand side. But listening to what David's saying now, then, you know, it sounds like that that really could be the plan. Well, I mean, yes. But, I mean, I think as well, they the, the can be beaten on their left side because they're going to move forward and they they will leave a, a, a sort of like space there, won't they? At mm-hmm. some point, yeah. they're going to come forward that much. Mm-hmm. If you're fast enough, you can get into that like space. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Baines against Johnson, um, if Johnson's found a bit of form, could be, you know, from somebody who wants to go to a football match and be entertained. I'm quite looking forward to that this weekend because mm-hmm. we haven't had much entertainment at the stadium this season. Yeah. Um, to see, you know, Johnson up against Baines. I think Baines is a outstanding player. I think he's fantastic. He sometimes runs a game from left back. Um, mm-hmm. And it was funny you were saying about Sessegnon, David, about nearly signing for uh, Everton. Yeah. You know, Baines was up at the stadium and having medicals and all that under Keane. That and right? Yeah, yeah. He I was, didn't know that. Yeah, Baines was very, very close to signing for I Sunderland. Did not know that. Um, yes, he was, yeah. But he chose to go to Everton for but his uh, for family for family job. reasons. So. That, that was we could be after a left back for about uh, fifteen I, years, so uh, he would have he would have fit totally the bill. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it's uh, left left. Well, it's going to be really interesting. Just if if both teams are going to attack in the game, uh-huh. um, you know, there's going to be gaps to exploit, and if if both teams are willing to put bodies forward, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could have a really exciting game on, uh-huh. on on Saturday. I mean, Michael was was saying that you know we're on the front foot a lot more under Canio. Um, our player looks a lot more purposeful, um, but you know that said, it isn't all out sort of gung ho attack. And you know Newcastle, a lot of Newcastle's downfall, for example, on Sunday was because they, when we challenged them to come break us down, they just couldn't do it. So if Everton are going to come and um, impose themselves on the game, then that that could certainly work in our favour still, just not to the extent that Martin O'Neill used to do it. Michael, yeah, well, I think that they really, really need to win this one now. I think that the the they'll have to come out and have a really yeah, good go for the Champions League exactly so yeah. I think that that could actually work for us mm-hmm. it really could uh, you, um, what's your thoughts about that David do you, do you see this as a must win game yeah we'll be going to win it 
And I, to be honest with you, even if we hadn't have been going this this side, this Everton side now, but you can't play Morales in the side and not go to try and win the game. Yeah. There's absolutely no point in having him on on the pitch mm-hmm. if you don't because he gives you nothing going back the other way. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So you may as yeah. well go for it because he's mustered, by the way. Yeah. He's oh, he is. He, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a Liverpool fan. I'll tell you that if something's like all wrong, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. But he's a he, the kid's great and he's finding some form at the minute. But at the same time, he's got his limitations with this Premier League because yeah. what you just said about Johnson, uh, on, you're right in that we will be t- attacking you down the left. But what you forgot to think was they are honestly the best left-sided um, partnership in that league because what they do is. You've got Baines and Pienaar. One goes, the other one drops. One goes, the other one drops. And even if they don't, they've got Sylvan Distan to the mm-hmm, side yeah. of them, who's, who's the fastest 31-year-old on the face of the planet. So that side for us in our in our heads is locked down. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't put you know obviously you can see goals through it over the season, but I'd, I'd like to look at the stats. I wouldn't think it's many. Certainly won't be double figures. The other side. Now that's that's the that's the problem. And um, just so I can uh, jump back, when I mentioned Conor Wickham at the start, mm. he won't be playing on Saturday, will he? I don't think so. No, I, I, I think Danny, I think Danny Graham's done done more than enough to to oh, cement yeah, that yeah, place. Yeah, but I would have been. I know that Liverpool tried to sign that Wickham. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that yeah. Liverpool chased him for twelve months before he's got him, mm-hmm. and he's only a baby. And I noticed the very first thing the Canio done when he. The Chelsea game away from home, yeah. right in, first game, bang, you're playing centre forward mm-hmm. and it's coming off you. So I'm kind of glad that it isn't. It's only early days, they won't have bedded down yet, to be honest, but I see where he's going to go with that because you bring Sesegnon back into the game then. Mm-hmm. You've already got Johnson. You know, I'll tell you something else as well. We nearly signed that Vaughan and I was gutted that he went to Sunderland mm-hmm. because he, he would have fitted into Everton perfect, mm-hmm. like Leon Osman. He w- we wouldn't have asked him to run, we wouldn't have asked him to do that much here, there and everywhere. But get on the ball, get your head up and start knocking little balls through behind in between the centre half. He'd have done that lovely mm-hmm. little Just just to keep the links going, you uh, know, Gareth was saying there about Baines and Sessignon, when yeah. you are saying that Vaughan nearly signed Everton, I think the reason that Steve Bruce didn't sign Darren Gibson was because David Vaughan and certainly Craig Garner yeah. signed, so you know we very nearly end yeah, up with Darren weird, Gibson as well. Yeah, yeah so I think we're going to all agree that it's not going to be a nil-nil tomorrow, oh, no, or not, no, not for the want of tr- not yeah. for the want of trying anyway. <laughs> but um, what's in store for you, David? I'm just going to go like expand a little bit, a bit further afield. What's yeah. in store for you? A lot of you know talk in the press about David Moyes. Um, if if he, if, he, if, if he leaves at the end of the season, you don't think he's going anywhere, no? No, I know for a fact he's going nowhere, no. He's playing politics with, with, with him. He's, he's going nowhere because there's no, first of all... Nowhere to go. Says, no, there isn't. Yeah. Not in this country, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. He's going to take Celtic and then the Scotland job in five or six years, maybe eight years from now. Mm-hmm. And there will be... He fancies Germany. We all know that he fancies Germany. And Schalke is a decent job. But right now, he's got a better squad of players at Everton even under the conditions what he's got. If we had two players that Barkley is going to be a superstar, mm-hmm. he's 20, he's got another possible Wayne Rooney on his hands here. He could be that good, this kid, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's got Lundstrom, who's been pulling up trees at Doncaster all year. We've got three or four youngins. That John Stones he bought from Barnsley on, on transfer deadline day. I went to the open training session last week. What a freaking size he is. He's about six foot three, this lad. <laughs> he's a left back, by the way, this kid. Yeah. And he was awesome. So, so when you sell so when you sell Leighton Baines in the summer for big money, you know he's gonna be there. That's the way it's gotta be. That's the way it's gotta be. Yeah. Honest, we did this with Lescott. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone's saying, oh, we got a mar- marvellous deal for Leicester and moved on without it. I don't want to see Leighton Baines go. Mm-hmm. And if there was ever a player, you've, you've ever, he, doesn't, he didn't even want to go to play for England because he likes living on Merseyside. So he's not going, you know <laughs> what I mean? He's not looking to go here, there and everywhere. If he goes anywhere, it'll be Man United and mm-hmm. he can stay living where he is today. Yeah. So I, I can't see it. Fellaini will all, almost certainly leave, mm-hmm. but... I, su- I suppose that with the financial situation at, at Everton, David, you, you you sometimes don't have you know you don't have an alternative. You don't have a different way because yeah. because you, you know you're not bankrolled. I know Ken Wright's looking to to sell the club. He, he's possibly you know excuse my ignorance because mm-hmm. this is just from an outside point yeah. of view. But he appears to be asking for a lot of money for a side that probably need a new stadium. So if the way you've got to survive is to sell Leighton Baines for big money and then keep you know keep the players yeah, moving in constantly yeah. like that, is is that how it is? Well, kind of, sort of. You, you, you know what? Don't believe the hype about the thing. He's obviously did that involved and stuff, but to sell, an in, to sell a club with our history, by the way, original Premier League, uh, Premier League and League Football League members, uh, the longest-serving club in the top flight in, in, in any country and anywhere on the planet, by the way, and uh, the fourth most domestically successful club, it's not that much. Less than a hundred million pounds for them. It's basically a license to print money. A mm-hmm. club in the Premier League. If you yeah. run it right, especially with RST in this city, it's a license to print money. So I don't think it's that much. The stadium is the issue. Mm-hmm. But you know what the problem is? The real solution lies right beneath your feet. It'll it'll be staying at Goodison Park and redeveloping it, turning it the other way around. It'd be half of the investment. But what they don't want it, you can't. You see. The, it's all. I'm not even being funny. Honest to God, I know I'm talking to Sunderland fans here. I went to Roker Park. Mm-hmm. I, I have been to Roker Park. I've experienced the Roker Road when I was a kid a couple of times, maybe three or four times. And basically, I see the clubs who've moved. I used to. I've I used to work in Doxford Park in Sunderland. That's mm-hmm. only kids live up there. I know Sunderland. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I stayed at the Roker Hotel for about four or five months when I was working there. Mm-hmm. I know the place. It's not that far from where you'd actually moved originally yeah. to where you'd ended up. No. Now, that's not the case with everybody. Loads of yeah. stuck out Move out, out, of city, out of city and stuff, Aye, yeah. And, all of that. Mm-hmm. and I see that in 25 years, I think it'll turn around again, and it'll be the people who've stayed loyal, not loyal, but mm-hmm. stayed with the original... In the middle of the community, uh, in the middle I, of the town, that, yeah. that'll come back around. I think it has, it's, people are starting to long for it already, I think. Um, people are starting to wish, you know, wish that upon the clubs, I think, already, mm-hmm. certainly. But um, before we lose you, David, yes. can um, we get a prediction from you? I think, to be honest, I think we'll win 2-1. Right. But if you were to push me, I wouldn't be surprised at 2-0. Right. I think we take two all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Two all recently. Thanks, thanks a lot for your time, You're David. Very welcome. I enjoyed it, boys. No Good problem, mate. Yeah, Speak soon. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. David, very obviously a, a clear, passionate fan there. Um, yeah. Certainly no impartiality there, but you know we're all the same, I suppose, aren't we? Um, I made a lot of valid points. Oh, he did. He was very, very good. Um, we're going to talk now about the game again tomorrow, and as I said to David there, Michael, we are not really at a stage where we can second guess the Canio ourselves yet because we've had two games that had you know there hasn't been all mighty changes but we generally it's it's not as easy as it was under O'Neill to sit and say right well this needs to happen this needs to happen mm. you're kind of just going to have to go with what he's going to give us don't you yeah yeah um i think that i think that if if everyone's fit that started uh, versus a thing like mags i think he will just see the exact same once again Mm-hmm. I really do. I can't see any reason to really alter anything. You don't think Craig Garner will come back in? 
he's banned still. He's still banned, he's too he much banned. Of course he is, silly me. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> good. that's one headache, you know, selection headache he doesn't have to worry about, isn't it? But, uh, well, yeah, if you look at it, that fact, Gareth, it's, it's going to be the same 11, isn't it? Possibly, yeah. The um, interesting, interesting one, would you, if, if Quaylar is out, yeah. would you go with Mangan or would you bring Kilgallen back in? Mm, that's, that is an interesting one. We're talking about second-guessing um, the manager and like you just said, like you said earlier on, Gareth, you know, none of, we said last week almost sort of without doubt that we don't think we'd see Larson back in the middle again. Mm. We also sat here and said we aren't going to see Mangan ever play for Sunderland <laughs> again. So, you know, it, we, we're, we're making ourselves look a bit silly trying to second-guess him here, so we should just stop it all together, shouldn't we? Who who would you, who do you think you'd go with? Do you think you'd go man? What do you think? Well, I think you'll go with Mangan. Mangan well, he like. brought him on, so mm. I, I think I think he will. I I think you know, possibly when you know the Chelsea game before the Chelsea game, he he looked at the situation that Mangan hadn't played. You know, he might have seen mm. them, enough of him in training and thought this lad looks all right, but he hasn't played. There must be a reason for that, and just went for the safe. safe. If you can yeah. ever call Kilgannon safe, but you know what I mean. He's <laughs> I went. Think for, that's he's a went, bit harsh he's, on Kilgannon. He's, no, he's, he's, he's went. For, he's went for the safer option, hasn't he? And and what it looks like, if we're going to just judge judge this on, you know, Mangan playing half an hour or whatever it was, he, that he's 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 had a chance to look at him and he's thinking that he's all right. He's he's happy with him. Well, I saw Mangan in a reserve game and he was really poor. Um, against Middlesbrough but you know he he looked tidy at the weekend when he came on um, you never noticed him really did you well but, that yeah mm-hmm. which is a good thing but see I think this, you know Kilgallen's somebody who you're not going to be looking at next season thinking Kil, you're going to no, we're alright we've got Kilgallen In, but it feels a bit harsh because whenever he plays you know he always he always puts a decent shift in and I think he's just not. He's just. He's, he's not spectacular, but he's not yeah. quite. He's not quite strong. Well, he did that for, Rabona against Man City. Yeah. Way, I remember that's pretty spectacular. <laughs> he's, he's not quite. He's not. My Michael only, shaking his head. My, my only problem here with Kilgannon is that I just don't think he's strong enough. I for, just think for, that he's for poor. Mm. I really do think right. that he's poor. I think mm. that he gets on the uh, really Johnson. awful side every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets really. Really, uh, he, he gets turned so easily. That's why I'm saying he's, str- he's, he's just, just not up to it at all. He's that, just not up to it. I think you know he he will he will go to bed dreaming about Kevin Davis for the rest of his life. I think. <laughs> um, but uh, don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe in a different way. Um, what I'm excited about, Michael, is you know we've seen the energy that the managers put into the players. You know, mm. it's it's sort of yeah, you, you hear all these you know reignited and re-sparked and all that, but but it's right. Um, and I'm excited about them doing that to the crowd on Saturday mm. because the, the atmosphere has been dead at the stadium like this season and a large part of that is me and Gareth touched on it a couple of weeks ago is that when you're going it's hard to create atmosphere when you are literally having one chance maybe not even one play cut chance mm. in 90 minutes now besides the fact that you know Di Canio seems to you know his directives won't allow that to happen but also the energy from the man himself you mm. know I'm really looking forward to this tomorrow yeah I think that that could be a huge thing because um, because you're right the fans this year it's been dead because mm. we've all actually went there and we've all thought we don't know why we're actually here we're not mm-hmm. we're not here to see our, to see our team try to win the like game mm-hmm. and uh, and it just as soon as you actually walk in there, you felt really, really down, mm-hmm. and like you can't wait just to uh, uh, go home or to the pub or yeah. You know, it's become a duty to go around. A chore. It's yeah. become an absolute chore. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I think that uh, if he can kind of like feed the fans, 
and the and the way that he seems to have fed the the, the, the like lads. Mm-hmm. I think that the whole place could be a could be a huge thing for us. Mm-hmm. Like, like crowd, because I think it'll be a. a, a a, a fairly big gate. Mm-hmm. So Gareth, actually, with Gareth, Everton always bring. Mm. So that should be good. I mean, mm. there's going to be yeah, there's going to be smiles be on people's faces as yeah. they're having a pre-match pint, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I think I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a good atmosphere. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, talked about pressing before, and mm-hmm. pressing always gets people going. Pressing, yeah, people, yeah, and, and an early know, an early chance early of some chance of some strike start, or yeah. you know even if like saying before even if, like Wickham early on against Chelsea he's trying. He's trying to get shots away, um, and that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think you know a few corners early on, and you know it's going to be an open game. I think. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Never got a chance to touch on it with Dave. Actually, you probably should have said when I watched Arsenal, uh, Arsenal Everton the other night. Uh, did, did, I don't know if you guys oh, watched it. Yeah. I thought Everton were quite negative. Um, the worst. And, and that's interesting. That I don't. I know they've got. Arsenal's a, terrible, a different kettle of fish. It is, but yeah. they're four points off Arsenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you think, and if you beat Arsenal, the you two, you, there would have been two so points gone off for the Arsenal. juggler, and, and, and they've got, like yeah. you said, they've got people. I think Morales is a crime player. They've got, you know, um, Fellaini, Baines, Pina, fantastic players. And why, why, aren't you, why are you going to um, Arsenal, who are only a few points away from you, and who have been dodgy all season, and uh, and not gone for it? Mm-hmm. But they'll definitely come at us. There's, there's no way he'll, he'll sit back against us mm-hmm. away from home, and but that say with our mentality, mm. we've got a chance to to get amongst them, mm. and you know I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how to see those battles. There's, from a football perspective, sometimes you get beat at home, and you've seen a decent game. It doesn't hurt so much, and <laughs> it's a bit different, a bit different at the moment. With mm-hmm. you know we're desperate for points, and when we're kind of in mid table, it's it's nice to see a good game, and just mm-hmm. hoping that. You know, Baines against Johnson's a mm-hmm. mouthwatering run. Sessignon up against Distal and Jagielka, and you know Graham as well. They're trying out, you know, good thinking players. Jagielka's got a great football brain. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what Graham does up against mm-hmm. him. Just stuff like that. Just yeah. individual battles on the pitch. The, I'm, the, I'm the really left side of things it. fascinating. What we've already touched upon because, like, like David was saying, that's their strong side. But like Michael said, that can then become their weakness if you if you set up right. But one thing, Michael, you know that. It's hard not to get carried away after a derby win. Um, what's impressed me, I mean, I spoke to Paul today, as I said, and you know, he said the, more, the happiest thing, you know, what made him the most happy was the fact that the players on Tuesday, you know, wasn't this, you know, over this overconfidence thing, and they've been focused all week. And it's good in a way because, again, this could be seen as a bonus three points, but teams will always be pick up points near the bottom. They shouldn't in a relegation mm. battle. Gareth pointed out last week that. You know, Sun and all would have to put two or three runs together to to stay up, possibly. And you know, we've never done really done this in our Premier League history. But that is what teams who survive generally do. Mm. So we 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 need another three points as quickly as possible, don't we? Really, realistically, yeah. Because mm. um, I think that, I mean, I've always thought that as soon as we went higher than than Stoke, we would stay there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are now, and now we need to stop me looking like an absolute fool. <laughs> it's uh, I can't. Yeah, that really is like absolutely vital. I, I was saying it the other week as well. I think, it, given Stoke's situation, I felt if we beat Newcastle, mm. if we just beat Stoke, we've got a really good chance of staying up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just just because of that that advantage. Mm-hmm. Another thing as well. Say we went on Saturday, Wigan lose. 
six points and a, and a, and a goal. Mm -hmm. A goal difference point, really. So at seven points with the game in hand, they'll be thinking... Because mm. that if you're in the bottom three and you got seven, you know, if it was the other way around, we'd be thinking, oh dear, mm -hmm. well, we're not going to catch Sunderland now. Mm -hmm. At least we're looking down again, yeah. which is the main thing. Um, we're uh, out of time again, so I'm just going to quickly get a prediction from everybody. Gareth? 2-0 to Sunderland. Nice and positive there, Michael. 2-1 Sunderland. 2-1. I actually think it'll be a draw. I was going to go 2-2, um, which is what David said he wouldn't be surprised at because... I don't know. I just think it's got a high-scoring game, and, I, and like Gareth says, sometimes you know you go away fairly happy with you know with a decent performance. And I think two-two, we'd probably all take that, wouldn't we? Or not? Well, nah. No. <laughs> I want to oh, win. Yeah. I tell you what, but the difference one win makes. It's one win. <laughs> it's one win in about fifty odd games. You got to be positive. You got to be positive, though. You've of course, be, you have. We've got it. We've got it. You know, we've got something to get our teeth into now. Hey, what can I say? Martin O'Neill's affected me, right? <laughs> it's hard to think positively. But, okay. You know, they've got you know, Everton. You know, you don't know. They got stuffed at home three 0 off Wigan the other week, didn't they? So mm -hmm. you just don't know. You just you don't, don't know. You certainly don't. And, and an interesting point that um, Simon made on the on the show last week, Gareth, was that you know Newcastle had a midweek game, and it sounds so simplistic to say, but I suppose it's relative that Sunderland have had again, you know, more or less a full week to prepare for one game. Everton have played midweek, mm. so it, it can throw their preparations off a little. It bit. Certainly gives you a lot of excuses. If you get been, <laughs> oh, well, part of you had that written down before the game started, yeah, didn't you? He had a long list written yeah. down before the game he started. He did, of course, he did. Well, we're going to be back next week. Hopefully, you know, we've proved now that we aren't a jinx. Um, <laughs> unless we do go down, and this, that was just a little blip, but we're going to be <laughs> a um, blip in the podcast. I'd like to thank Michael and Gareth for joining yeah. me and David as well. We're going to be back next week. Over and out. <laughs>